Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. I want to talk this, uh, this morning a little bit about joy. How many joy, know that joy is a good thing? Awesome. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Now, Paul is um, Paul's in prison when he's writing to the Philippians. How many know prison is not a real happy place to be? I mean, we can have better... It, I'd be in a better place to be on vacation, be at home, be anywhere else, but prison is not a really good place. But look what he says to the church of Philippi. He says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. No, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. See, there was something in Paul... Uh, there was a joy in Paul uh, that was being stirred up, and he was telling his people, the church in Philippi, that you need to rejoice in the Lord, okay? And, and sometimes when things are dreary in our lives, um, we can have a sense of inward peace and joy if we're in the Lord. How many hear what I'm saying? Okay? Many Christians complain that they don't have the strength to go on. I hear that. I don't have the strength to go on. I just can't fix this problem. I, I, just, I just can't. I can't deal with my kids. I can't process through this marriage. I can't deal with my health issues. No. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is what? It's my strength. And so joy is something that we need in our lives. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, happiness... I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference of happiness and joy. The meaning of happiness is an emotional uh, experience. It's feelings ranging from contentment and satisfaction to bliss and intense pleasure. That's what happiness is. Joy is stronger than happiness. It's it's, uh, witnessing or achieving selflessness to the point of a personal sacrifice frequently triggers this emotion. Feeling spiritually connected to a God or to a people. Now, I'm saying a God because this is a secular article. We know it's the God, our, our God. But this is when they look at a psychological level and they're reading people, they're saying that people that put their faith in God have this sense of joy. All right? The cause of happiness is earthly experience or material objects. And so happiness fluctuates up and down. And so someone gives you a new car, you can be happy, Right? Until your kids spill chocolate milk on the seat, they're not going to be happy. But it's, happiness is dependent on, on earthly experience, say earthly experience, okay, or material objects. But, but here's the thing. Joy is a spiritual experience. It's caring for others. It's gratitude and it's thankfulness, right? The joy of the Lord is our, okay? So here's the other thing. Happiness, the emotion, is outward. It's, expre- it's an expression of exhilaration. And so, again, you peak and you're happy for a moment. But the emotion of joy is inward peace and contentment. Okay? My, my mom used to sing a song she, uh, that, about the joy of the Lord that has to be our strength. We used to sing this song. And one line is saying, the, the joy of the Lord, um, the peace of God. I can't remember the song. If it comes back, I'll sing it later. Okay. <laughs> It, it was, I was singing it this morning, and I totally forget it. But anyway, so the time frame for happiness is it's temporal. See, happiness is temporal. It, it, it comes and goes. It doesn't last. But joy is eternal, okay? Uh, it's lasting. It's based on our inward circumstances of what's going on inside of us. So Paul's in prison, 
But in prison, his, he's got joy and fulfillment on the inside. He's in fellowship with God. He's in fellowship with Jesus. He, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's connected with who he is as a person. He's happy on the inside, and his external experiences cannot affect that type of joy. And that's why the early church and many people in the world today are willing to be martyred and they're willing to lay down their life for Christ because they're like, listen, nothing in this world has, has brought me joy, but now I have this joy and you want me to sacrifice it for my head? Forget it. It, it becomes so real. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's what the world is looking for. They're looking for this, this, spiritual, uh, this spiritual inward peace that only comes through the Holy Spirit. And all they get is happiness. And that's why, you know, you look at Hollywood and they're on their seventh marriage and they're struggling and they're suicidal. You watch, I watch, sometimes watch some of the interviews and weep because these people, they have everything, but they have nothing. Because the only thing they're looking for is inward peace. They're looking for the joy of the Lord. Oh, yeah. I have the peace of God that baffles the Buddhist down in my heart. That was the, that was the line of the song. All right. But we have a peace that comes through the joy of the Lord. The time frame for happiness is temporal. It's based on outward circumstances. The time frame for joy is lasting based on inward circumstances. Okay? Uh, happiness can be experienced from any good activity, food, or company, but joy is a byproduct. And hear, hear what I'm saying. It's a byproduct of a moral lifestyle. And as you live morally and as you walk with God and as you deal with things in your life that are displeasing to God, there's a joy that comes. Right, Paulette? And that ties in so much with your testimony because you said there was, you were letting you know, attitudes and unforgiveness and all this kind of stuff, you're letting it sit around your front porch. But when you say, no, you know, out of here, right, then the joy comes back. How many hear what I'm saying? Okay. The Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote to the Philippians. I don't know if you get that. But it wasn't like the kind of prisons we have today. It was, it was a prison cell. There was probably, you know, waste running through it and rats. I mean, it wasn't like a nice prison we have today. And, and he was in prison, and he's finding joy in this place. So what he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing. Or I can live with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. How many would like that? Whether it is with a full stomach or with an empty stomach, uh, with plenty or little. Okay? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so there was a joy in him and that it didn't matter what was going on around him. He had an inward connection, an inward peace that he's right with God, that he's living a moral lifestyle, that, uh, that he's just in a good place. And that's where we need to live as Christians, okay? We need to learn to be thankful in every, situ- every situation that we're in. And say, so I don't know how to do that, okay? Well, we can, and we're going to tell you how in a few minutes, okay? And it's not dependent on our external forces like happiness is, okay? Let's look at the prophet Habakkuk, okay? Here's a prophet in the Bible. Look what he says. Even though the fig tree have no blossoms... And there is no grapes on the vine, and even though the olive cup fails, and the field lies empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field. Now, this is, he's going through a dark time, okay? Because this is, I mean, this is your livelihood. Look what he says. The cattle barns are empty. Next verse. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. 
And here's a question. Can you go through a dark time? Can you go through a trial? And, and Peter says, don't, don't, don't consider it a strange thing that you're going through trials because they happen to everybody. How many, how many know what I'm... We're going to have trials in this life. Whether you're a Christian or you're an atheist, you're going to have trials. The thing is, as a Christian, you, Jesus is with you through the trial, right? Uh, but he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Can we be joyful going through a trial? Amen? And I remember a few years ago, three, four years ago, I have a, I have a home. It's a, a duplex, two-sided. I have tenants on both sides. And I've had problems. Sometimes you have a problem with one tenant, and the other tenant's okay, so at least you can cover the mortgage. But these two, these two tenants tagged up together and said, we're going to destroy the, land. we're going to destroy the landlord. We're, just going to, we're not going to pay our rent. We're going to cause all kinds of problems. We're going to call, call the fire department. We're going to you know, get the city inspectors in here. And they, just, they made it their goal to make my life miserable. And I'd be here at the church, and I have a meeting to go and sit down and, and counsel somebody, uh, you know, trying to do my work for the Lord and love people, and I get a phone call that the, ple- the, the, uh, the fire department's going over there and that I, things aren't to code, and I have to go over there, and they're arguing. And there's just, it was just a dark time. And then I had to run up a line of credit because I, I couldn't cover the mortgage for that place and my place. So I'm, sit- I'm in a real dark time. And I understand why the disciples said, you know, call fire down from heaven, you know. And, and I was just kind of like, I had to deal with my heart. I really had to deal with my heart. And, and, and I would go over there and God, God spoke to me. He says, I want you to just release this to me. I want you to give me thanks. And so I went over there and one of the tenants was really struggling with some illness. And I, I, God did such a work in my heart that I was able to sit down with this woman and pray for her. And I would say, listen, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for your illnesses, and God's going to bring you through this. Meanwhile, they hadn't paid me rent for four months, right, and trying to make my life. But, but it was something that God had to work through me, but I didn't allow it to steal my joy. I wasn't happy, but I, I, it didn't rob me of my joy because the Holy Spirit was working a fruit in me called the fruit of the Spirit called joy. And how many know that if the Spirit of God lives in you, the joy of the Lord is your strength? You can begin to call out and say, God, I'm not going to allow this circumstance to overcome me. It seems like a dark time. It seems like a trial. But God, even though, like the Habakkuk said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I'll be joyful in the God of my salvation. I wasn't happy, but I didn't lose my joy. How many hear what I'm saying? And so we need, we need to be a people. Life is too short to let joy be robbed from you. Amen? Joy starts as a choice. And um, you have to decide how you're going to look at the situation. And so I had to make up my mind. And for the first little while, the first few months, I was, I was losing sleep. And that, but then, then I learned to encourage myself in the Lord and say, God, I don't know what you're going to teach me through this. But, you know, what the enemy's meaning for harm, you're going to teach me something in this. Amen? And that's what God did as he taught me how to walk through it, and he's being faithful to, to bring back what was lost. So here we go. Um, let's look at what Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says. Paul says to them, don't worry about anything. What does anything mean? Everything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Okay, so number one, he doesn't want you to worry about anything, but instead he wants you to pray about everything. So anything that becomes a worry in your life, you you need to stop, jot it down, 
write it on your cell phone or whatever, however you want a little recording, but put it, put it aside and then go home and pray about it. And say, God, I'm going to give this to you. God, I pray that you'll bring, bring a, a turnaround in this situation. Begin to pray and leave it with God and refuse to be anxious. Right? So, so here's the thing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about the situation. Number two, tell God what you need and thank him in advance for all he's done. All right? And you guys heard me teach on this before. If we're not thankful, then we're just complaining. Right? Our prayers should have thankfulness in advance. Okay? Now, let's, let's look what the next verse says. Then, say then. See, the, the reality is this, is, is we cannot, um, so many Christians will quote scriptures, uh, promises, and say, God, I thank you, Lord, that, I will, you know, that the peace of God will exceed anything I can understand, and that, God, you're going to guard my heart and my mind through Jesus Christ. And we, we, we do this positive statement over our lives, but the reality is if we don't do this, then we're not going to get the benefit. We're not going to get the promise. How many know there's something we have to do? So if you're, if you're worrying about everything and you're not praying and giving it to God, you will not experience the peace of God. I don't care how much you quote the scripture. Yeah. Right? God says, if you do this, then, then you, this, is, this is how you're going to get the blessing. And so let's look what it says here. Then you will experience God's peace, which extends, will exceed anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So God's peace is something you can experience. It's experiential, okay? It exceeds anything we can understand. So don't ask me to try to explain it. I don't understand it, but it's there, okay? His peace guards your heart and mind. And, and, and the most important thing is it says, as you live, say, in Christ Jesus. And I, I shared this analogy a few years ago, but it's, it's such a good one to help understand. Now, how many have heard of the Avengers? A couple people here. There's a guy called... Iron Man. How many know who Iron Man is? Okay. And the guy who climbs into the Iron Man suit who created the whole thing, his name is Tony Stark. Okay. Now, Tony Stark in his own strength is limited. He can't stop the bad guys. He doesn't have the strength, you know, to fight and save the world. He doesn't have any of that. Okay. But when he climbs into his suit, right, his suit empowers him to be a superhero. Correct. Another thing his suit does is actually it's a computer, and it communicates to him. And it tells him his GPS coordinates and how much power he has left and where the enemy is, and it begins to speak to him this suit. And, and when we're in Christ, how you know you're in Christ is you're hearing the voice of God, saying, okay, you need to go here, you need to do that. This is the next situation. This is how you deal with this. Pray for that person. And you're, you're here, the, 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 God is speaking to you, where you when you're in Christ. How, how many hear what I'm saying? He is empowering you to have joy. He's given you the strength to overcome sin and addiction. He's given you the strength to, like Paulette said, to love people that you would not normally love. Why? Because you're in this Christ. You're in Christ. Does that make sense to anybody today? Okay? And so the biggest thing is understanding that he wants to communicate with you. And so if you're in a season of your life as a Christian where you're just not hearing the Lord, you just feel like you're on your own, then you need to get back into that place of fellowship with God. It's your choice. Just say, God, I'm going to step back into this place. Father, forgive me because I've kind of slipped away from spending time with you, and I want to come back to that place where I hear your voice. And I guarantee you 100% that God will begin to speak clearly again. Amen? So... 
Then he tells us, Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It's like he forgot to say something. Fix your thoughts. Say, I need to fix my thoughts. Don't, don't, just fix your thoughts. If your thoughts, are not, if your thoughts are not right, fix them. Because it'll affect, it'll affect where you're going and how you overcome. And it'll affect your ability to have joy. It says, fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things, um, things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Okay? So here's the thing. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Always be joyful. Like this, this is always. Like you can, if, God, if, if, if the Bible's telling us something, that means that we can do it. Okay? Not in our own strength, because the joy, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So as we spend time with the Spirit of God, and we, allow the, we spend time with the Spirit, as we read the Word, this fruit will begin to produce in our life. We don't know how it happens. It just begins to happen as we spend time with Him. The fruit begins to grow in our lives. And, and, and so if, if it's being told of us, then that means we can do it. How many would agree? Okay? So this is always be joyful. Here's the next one. Never stop praying. And be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ, okay? So God's will for you has more to do with posture than position. And I say that again. God's will for you has more to do with your posture in God than your position in God. It doesn't matter if you're the preacher, if you're on the worship team, or you're uh, in um, marketplace ministry, or you're an evangelist, or you're working in the kids' area, or you're greeting at the door. None of that matters to God. What matters to God is your, the posture of your heart before him. That's who God's going to use. That's who God is going is to... Is, those are the people that are going to receive their rewards. Because I hear Christians all the time saying, like, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. As if it's like some certain destination that God wants me in a certain place or doing a certain thing. And I want to tell you this, that if you would focus on the will of God, which is the posture of your heart, to be joyful and thankful and give him praise, he will direct you where you need to go. He'll show you the next steps for your life. He'll tell you who to marry. He'll fix your marriage. He'll do all the things that, that we're trying to do in our own strength because we're like, God, what's your will? And what's your will? And we and we fasting and we're praying and we're seeking God. And really where we need to focus is just what is the posture of my heart? Am I thankful? Am I joyful? Am I always praying? Am I trusting in God? And you know what that does? It alleviates all the pressure of worrying about the destination. How many know we worry a lot about the destination, right? And we can just totally let that go and just trust on making sure the posture of your heart is good. And then God will direct you in the steps you need to take. Relieves a lot of pressure. Does that help anybody? Okay. Um, I believe Christians, we should be the most joyful people on the planet. Right? I mean, we have the gospel. We, we, you know, how many, remember when you became a Christian, how many, let me see your hand. Do you remember the time you, did any of you, you only one saved person, praise God. I'm going to talk to you here. Awesome. How many other people remember when you accepted the Lord? Let's see your hands. Okay, good. Because we're going to have a big altar call in a minute. But, um, but how many remember like after the prayer or the next day, just feeling a sense of, of like, I'm clean, I'm different. I, I, you know, I'm, and there's this joy that comes in. 
And, we're, and there's this joy, and you're so excited, and you're telling everybody. And then the older Christian's saying, yeah, yeah, you'll calm down eventually. No, no, don't listen to that person. Don't calm down. No, be, because it's the joy of your salvation, right? It's the joy. You know, and that's what David prayed. I, I want to come back to the joy of my salvation, right? It's that experience where we were washed, we were cleansed. And everything the world is trying to deal with, the cleansing of a dirty conscience or an abuse situation or whatever, we can have it in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a gift of God that he comes and washes us and cleanses us. And he puts our, our names in the book of life. We're going to have eternity with God. He sends his Holy Spirit to live in us and give us joy, peace, peace power and patience and, and and we walk around like we drank lemon juice like hold on we need to encourage ourselves in the lord amen and you know if you're going through a season where you're really really struggling because how many know we do have warfare right then as christians we see someone struggling we need to come alongside them and help them to be encouraged and pray with them right and Paulette was going through that situation last year, and it had to do with employment, some stuff that was going on at work. And, you know, I hope I was there. We sat, and I spent time talking with her, and I tried to support her. But, but you see, we need to be there for one another. Amen? The joy of the Lord is a fruit of the Spirit. And it grows organically as we spend time with Him. It grows organically. But how many know that if you have a garden and you don't weed it, it pulls all the nutrients out of the soil. So there's no life-giving substance for your fruit and vegetables. I mean, I don't like weeding. So my gardens don't do well, naturally. Camilla goes out and she plucks all the weeds and complains she has a sore back and I have to give her a massage. But I'd rather do the massage than pull the weeds out. That's a lot of work. Just don't like it, you know. I said, I said to Camilla, I said, you know, we really should have a little home in the city with a little concrete slab in the backyard, that would be the best place. Because I said, listen, we're fighting against God. God cursed the ground and said that men would have to toil and weed it. So why would we go against God? Let's move in the city, right? Anyway. The beauty, yes. Um, <clears throat> and you know, I like my backyard. I just don't like cleaning it. Okay, John chapter 15, 11. We're going to close in just a minute. So here, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And Jesus gives them some keys, two or three keys. We're going to just touch them quickly. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. See, it's not, this isn't your joy. It's the joy that comes from God. It's supernatural. It's in Christ. So I've told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How many would like some overflowing joy in your life? Let me see your hand. Okay, this is what Jesus is saying. So, okay, we have to go back and see what he's talking about here. This is really important, okay? What did he tell his disciples? John 15, 9 to 14. I have, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Say, this is the commandment. Let's read it together. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. That's a commandment. How did he love us? The next verse tells us, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Okay? So... If you want to get joy, you need to, first of all, understand that Jesus loves you 
completely. If you can understand that God loves you so much that if you were the only person on the earth, he would have came and died for you, that he, 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 he loves you, that you have, you know, my mother was Catholic. She grew up Catholic. And she would go to Catholic church, and she had a heart to know God, and she would go through the masses, and she went through all the stuff that she had to do. But one time when she sat down with a Protestant minister, he was sharing with her, and she got an understanding that it dropped in her heart that if I was the only person, he told her this, Jesus would have came and died for you. And she looked up the cross, and it was the first time she realized that he went to the cross, not just for the world, but for her. And if we have a revelation of how much God loves us, that nothing can separate us from his love, when we understand that in the depth of our core of our being, there's a joy that begins to bubble up, and, it, and it's unspeakable. It's, it's amazing. And that's something that God wants you to understand, that he loves you so much. Okay? Um, but then he says another thing. He says, you need to keep my commandments. One of the commandments is to love one another. John chapter 15, 13, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends, okay? And joy comes when we follow the commandments of God. One more scripture, Psalm 19, 7 and 8. This is a really good one. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. So so many people are like, I don't want to be a Christian because I'll have to do this or I can't do this and I can't do that. No, the reality is, listen, if you obey and trust God, it revives the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. That's why I said joy is an issue of moral morality. If you have a moral lifestyle, if you deal with your stuff, like Paulette said she had to deal with some stuff, right? Um, what happened was it brought joy to her heart. How many saw the joy Paulette had up here? Just this joy. God wants you to be in a place of joy, but you cannot take up... He, other things cannot take up residence. They're weeds. The fruit of the Spirit and the weeds. The weeds got to go so the joy can flow. Amen? You like that? I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. So there you go. That just came out of me. All right? Are we willing to lay down our lives, right? And when we give, give to the, so when we get to the place where we can care for the well-being of others over our own reputation, our own needs, we can say with Paul, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. All right? Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to stop there. i got tons of other scriptures, but I don't want to overwhelm you guys. Why don't we stand? We're going to pray. Hallelujah. How many received something from God? Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have, you are the God of, you're the God of the breakthrough. And Father, even some of us in this place are going through trials. We go through hard situations. Peter says, don't think it's strange, this trial that has come to test you. But I thank you, Father, that um, we count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. We have to let patience have its perfect work that will be complete, lacking nothing. If any of us lack wisdom, let us ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose to receive anything from God, because he's double-minded, he's unstable in all his ways. God, we're not an unstable people, God. We trust you, God, and we're asking for wisdom. Father, we ask for wisdom in our situations right now, God. We ask for wisdom for breakthrough in our trials right now, God. And I thank you. We ask believing that you have the answer. And because we believe, 
we release it at the cross. And we're not going to be double-minded. And when people ask us, hey, how that, how's that problem going? How's that struggling? You know what? It, God is, it's under construction. God's taking care of it. I'm not worrying about it. He's got the answer, and it's going to come in the right time. Because I'm not going to be anxious for anything. I'm going to let the joy of the Lord be my strength. I'm going to be like David when he came back and his men uh, and his, his wives and his kids and the wives and kids of all his men were taken captive by another army. And he came back and he said, what am I going to do? And he was crying out because the men were mad and they wanted to stone him and kill him because they had lost their families. And it says that he went into that place and he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he called for the priest and he said, bring the ephod, which was a, which was a garment that had no back or front. It only had arm sleeve openings and a neck opening. You had to lift your hands to heaven to allow the ephod to come on. And, and we lift our hands. The ephod represents the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And we lift our hands and we allow you, Holy Spirit, to come over us. And, and you have the answer to the problem. And he asked and he said, what am I to do, Lord? And the Lord says, you will recover all. You go. I thank you, God, right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's lift our hands that the Holy Spirit is coming upon every person in this place. I don't care what the trial is, God. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if it's health, finances, marriage, family, you know, sickness, whatever it is. We put our hands up and say, Lord, and you're going to give us the answer, Father. You're going to bring the breakthrough. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're in this place and you just want someone to pray with you and agree with you that you're going to come out of this trial and there's going to be joy bubbling in your life again. Say, I just need someone to pray with me for that fruit of joy to begin to bubble. I'm doing okay with other things, patience and kindness and long-suffering, but the joy thing is kind of stifled in my life. We want to pray with you today. If that's you, we thank you, Father that you're going to meet us in Jesus' name. So that's you. Just come forward. I'm going to ask our prayer team, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because there's an anointing for joy here right now. So don't let pride stop you. If you just just need that prayer, just come up. Come up quickly. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to have my prayer team come up. They're going to pray with you. There's a few others. Come on. This is the time we're going to pray for joy to come in the morning. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this amazing service. We thank you, God, that we're leaving here with the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. And we choose in our situations to be joyful. We ask, Lord, that every person, would the blessing of the Lord goes to every home. Safety goes to every home this week in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning. 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.